Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. Good morning. First item on my agenda, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day to all of those who found themselves in the role of father, whether they were a father or not. Happy Father's Day to all the mothers and women who at some point in their life found out they were playing the role of father. So can the church say amen to Happy Father's Day? Amen. Thank you. I have to tell you what's been percolating in my mind before I start this this morning. I had a conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, are you serious? You really want me to try to preach on Father's Day, Juneteenth, and Pride in one sermon? And I hesitated for a moment and I heard, Yes, <laughs> I expect you to do that. So here we go. Genesis this morning is telling us that hospitality is a sacred duty and the delight of all people who belong to God. And at the same time, encouraging us to have faith in God's word. Psalm is telling us that God will give us grace in the Holy Spirit to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thank him for them. Romans tells us that we are going to face trials and tribulations in this life, but Jesus never promised us a rose garden. Actually, Jesus promised us the opposite, but to depend on Christ. But for those who trust God, the difficulties of life will not shake us and they will not trust us. They will not destroy us. Matthew is telling us there are many people who need to hear all of these messages from God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your work to spread the word of the Lord among the people. But how does all of this connect to how we are living today and the three big events that we are celebrating this week and this month? First, let's look at Father's Day, which we are celebrating right now. The first thing I would ask all fathers to do is be delicate with your admonishments, but be generous with your love. In my growing up, fathers had the responsibility of setting the tone for the household. Now that may be different today, but it carries significant weight when I was a child. And as we look back at Genesis, it was Abraham who would later become the father of Isaac. And even before his son was born, Abraham had the requis requisite skills to be a good father. 
He was caring and compassionate, even with strangers. He showed concern. Whatever Abraham had been doing, he stopped and took the time to engage with the travelers. Fathers need to take the time to engage with their children and their families. On another note, just like Abraham in this scripture, a righteous father is accepting, generous, and serves as a positive role model, not only for his children, but for the children in the larger community. A righteous father does not attempt to go it alone in providing food, shelter, and safety for the children, but wraps all of these gifts in a spiritual awareness. The awareness that God is with him, and because God is with him, God is with his children. You see, it's not about the things, the material assets, and the experiences that you give. It's about the love, the enduring love, loving your children, loving your family with no limits, loving them even when that love may not be returned. Loving like Jesus Christ has demonstrated for us here on earth. As father, we must regard our children as gifts from God and respect them as human beings. As we show ourselves obedient to the will of the Father in heaven, we educate our children to be obedient to the will of the Father in heaven. When we fulfill God's law, our children will fulfill God's law. As we practice our faith, we learn, they learn to practice faith. God loves people. God loves all of us and knows that people need people. So God created us to live in community, giving and receiving support which leads to generosity and gratitude. Scripture tells us in Proverbs that as iron sharpens iron, so does people sharpen people. When I think about Romans this morning, I'm called to recognize the challenges of my LBGTQ plus siblings in Christ who are on the battlefield of righteousness for equity, fairness, equality, and striving to have a seat alongside the men in power who sit atop the most, predominantly, the most predominant hierarchies in our society, that of race and sex or gender. You know, today we are at a fork in the road regarding the important issues of equity, justice, fairness, or lack of favoritism for one group of people over another. The demographic and economic changes in the America of the middle of the last century was what it had always been, a white, male, Christian, nationalist, patriarchal culture. 
America in the third decade of this century has evolved into a completely different place. Our country's population is 40% people of color and growing. By the year 2050, this country will no longer be a majority white country. And as I listen to the news reports and see all the help wanted signs, we need every one of God's children to be acceptable in our sight and receive the favor of community. I commiserate with those who may have had the personal experience similar to mine. For all my life, I have been striving to have parity with that top seat. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely comfortable with who I am today. But I do desire, and I believe others want to be able to access the goods and services that are made available, the privileges that are afforded, and the regard as a human being given to those who sit in the most high seat, that of race and gender, in our communities. It has been through my faith that I am able to stand here today and speak to you about these things, for I have overcome manifold racial challenges to live my quality of life and standard of living. Scripture reminds us that being the burden and despairing of itself can strengthen our faith. This is because the deepest trials make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who is able to raise from the dead. The more we endure with Christ and find Christ sufficient, the stronger our faith becomes. I can testify this morning that without God, my Savior Jesus Christ, I don't know where I would be. And I encourage my LTBGQ plus Christian siblings to stay strong and remember that weeping may spend the night but joy comes in the morning. Our sorrows are only temporary. They may last a while, but they will eventually come to, to an end. I say these things as I reflect on Juneteenth, which will be celebrated tomorrow. Juneteenth commemorates June 19th, 1865, the date on which enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, finally received the news that they were free, or more appropriately, that they were no longer enslaved. As John Rolfe, Rolfe noted in a letter in 1619, 20 and odd Negroes were brought by a Dutch ship to the growing British, British colonies, arriving at what is now Fort Hampton, then called Port Comfort in Virginia. From 1619 to 1865, the population of people from African countries were enslaved by the rule of law of the governments of the Europeans who were making the New World their home and others who were arriving from around the globe. And from 1865 to date, the effort continues for black people, brown people, Asian people, 
Native American people and other people that I'm unable to identify because of my lack of knowledge and awareness continue to suffer the unrighteousness of being a second-class citizen in a first-class nation because of the color of their skin or their heritage. However, over the course of the past 400 years, some of my weeping and some of their weeping that spent the night has turned to joy in the morning. If some of your weeping has turned to joy, raise your hand. If some of your weeping over that course of time has turned to joy, raise your hand. I thank you, church. The gospel lesson this morning tells us, like Jesus told the disciples, go forth and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Church, you are the teachers for the community to spread the word of the Lord. You all didn't know you had that new title, did you? Yes. Christ calls all of us to be good fathers to our children, biological or otherwise. Christ calls us to love each other as God loves us. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So must you love one another. Love everyone. Say that, church. Love, Love everyone. everyone. I have heard our Bishop Dion say during the process of when he's ordaining people, he says to the ordinance, he said, now, now, you may not like the people that you encounter as an ordained person. But you must love the people that you encounter as an ordained person. And he follows that up. He said, I ordained you. And if I become aware that you're not loving the people that you're serving, I'm going to come and find you. Now, that's the bishop's word, not my word. That's the bishop. The bishop's laying down the bishop's law. Now I want to go back and spend a few minutes with Psalm 116, verse 12. Because when I read it, I got real baffled. I said, well, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. It says, how can I repay the Lord for all the Lord has done for me? And I said, that don't make no sense. How can I ever pay back God? And it just went around in my head, around and around and around. And then it came. I said, well, let's think for a minute about not so much how can I thank the Lord for all the Lord has done for me, but just how can I thank the Lord? How can I thank the Lord? First, we can live a prayerful life. Trust and have faith that God is always with us. Meditate on the word of God and obey the word of God. These are the ways in which we can thank God. In other words, we can continue to honor God, not only by rejoicing in God's salvation, but also by continuing to cry out to God 
for further answers to our prayers. Now that's a pretty good start. Pray, meditate, recognize the Lord. Keep coming back to the Lord in our trials and tribulations. Don't try to go it alone. You see, this is what happens in life. God is there. And we get out there and all at once, we forget God is there. And so now we're kind of in this tailspin. We're trying to figure out what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? We have forgotten that God is sitting there waiting for us to say, Lord, I need you. You see, God didn't go anywhere. We went somewhere. And we have to go back to God in order to understand where our real salvation, where our real help comes from. God didn't forget us. We forgot God. Be prayerful. When we do so, we rejoice in God's goodness and we honor God. By doing this, we glorify God and God's name is lifted up. Our continued prayerful dependence, our longing for God's continued goodness brings God delight. And all that I have said this morning can be wrapped up in one word, faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, is our foundation for our faith. Our faith is manifest to God when we have trust, when we believe in God, when we have confidence in God, and when we are convicted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say that continuously to the Lord. Amen.